Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, here we are at the UBN Radio TV Broadcasting Universal Live Network <laughs> with Dr. Drew and Bob and hey, this man. life. Everything good with you? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's weird getting to Hollywood on a Sunday, I'll tell you that. It's, it's uh, better than during the week, I must tell you. Not, not in the diamond lane. I'm used to the diamond lane. I got two kids. <laughs> I just go, even when they're not in the car, I just go. <laughs> Let's get right to our, our guest. We've got uh, – this is a really important conversation, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad you're having this here with us, Bob, because um, you and I have been I dealing – I was homeless, and I know about the homeless. And we've been dealing with this population, you and I, for years. So we've got Catherine Barger. She is the L.A. County supervisor – excuse me, officially 5th District Supervisor uh, for Los Angeles County. And we have Herb Smith, CEO of the Los Angeles Mission. Catherine, Herb, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so, for tuning in with us. Yeah, and Catherine, I, I want to go to you first. Um, and and well, first I want to thank both of you for the work you're doing. I, I mean, the the I, I just want those of us that are trying to make a difference to pile in the same boat and start rowing real hard. And and you two have been uh, at the head of the sh- at the helm, so I appreciate it. But Catherine, in um, Los Angeles County, we have a health crisis. Uh, we now have – are you aware of this, Bob? We have a typhus outbreak now. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I've been predicting it for six months and now we're in it. And uh, Catherine has been calling for things like expanding conservatorship and greatly disabled for quite some time. Where are we now, Catherine? Well, the good news is that the, the legislation by Henry Stern um, and Weiner from Sa- uh, San Francisco – passed through the Senate and has been signed by the governor. So conservatorships, we're going to be able to expand those. Oh we're going to be putting resources That's into the miracle. county to do that. That's the bad news for me is, is that I had legislation that was, I was pushing that would have expanded the definition of gravely disabled because Herb will tell you there are people, that, especially down on Skid Row, that are declining health care yep. that are just um, one winter away from being found dead on the street. Yeah, I, and I, because I of their thought, mental illness, they are refusing treatment. I thought, Catherine, they had expanded or there was we were on the eve of expanding to the point where we could provide medical care if people's mental illness got in the way of their ability to consent to the medical care is that not true that it, it passed out of the assembly 75 to 0 which everyone there were people that didn't think it would make it out of health but when it got to the senate um they added provision in there that they knew would not be uh, constitutionally um, uh, able to be enforced and so we had to pull it out and we're going to start again next year and i oh talked to henry God. stern and we're going to go for it. I mean, the, the, the time has come. I tell people, we've got this Measure H uh, tax that's in place for 10 years. We're two years into it. And if we don't address the mental health component of homelessness, people are going to feel like they got ripped off in eight years. Well, I, I you know, Bob, I, you and I haven't talked too much about this. And for people around the country, just what we're trying to do here on this pod today is expose you all to what's going on in Los Angeles and San Francisco, which is a crisis of proportions you can't imagine. If you're from around the country... You literally can't imagine when friends come visit me from other states here; they're they're be, they're bewildered. They literally can't, they literally can't believe what they're seeing. 
Yeah, and I'm interested in Herb. You've been dealing with this population for decades, isn't it? It seems to me since say 2008, the population has doubled. It, ha- oh, it has to have way more than that. What What is the increase in homeless that you're seeing downtown in 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 on San Julian Street in particular? Uh, around five o'clock when they do the admissions into the mission is one of the saddest places in all of America. And I wish I've, I've tried to get news cameras to go down there and show the, the, the children walking in with their homeless parents in just thousands of people walking in to just get one night's housing. Hey, those are the ones that will walk in. Oh, I know. You know, those are the ones that will work, walk in. Yes. And I'd like to uh, underscore what the supervisor said about mental health. Uh, We experience so many individuals who come to us maybe for day services, showers, and so forth, but really have significant mental health challenges. And we have got to find a way as a community to get them off the street. I have dealt with that with my own brother uh, going through mental health issues. And only because they had a family to support him and get through the red tape were we able to keep him from the street. But uh, I see this every day, hundreds of people who really need help, and we've got to find a way to change what we're doing, so, or we're not going to end homelessness. So so the in, in Los Angeles, our, our mayor particularly has taken the politically expedient sort of headline that it's a housing problem. We, we need more housing. Need more. It's too, too expensive to deliver. These poor people could, lost their rent, and that's around the street. No, there is that population that are couch surfing and temporary living in cars and things like that. That, that population, though – is getting sort of served. That that population is getting action, getting traction. It's the ones that are on the street that are so severely mentally ill, which is the ones you see all over Los Angeles and Hollywood and Venice. Those are the ones that their illness makes them not – loses insight and loses willingness and trust, willingness to get care and trust in those who can deliver care. And when somebody's illness gets in the way of that, believe me, when they're treated and – Herb, you know this, of course. And then they get treated and they look back. They're pissed. Like, who let me sit stay like that? Are you kidding? Why was I allowed to be like that in, in my disease? In my, and, and now we have a bigger problem, which is now there are infectious disease outbreaks around this, which is inevitable. Catherine, I don't understand how the city of Los Angeles can allow the sanitation to deteriorate to the point it is without somebody – CDC or or somebody who's responsible for the functioning of civilization to step up and go, hey, this is going to harm people. Well, you know, I mean, downtown Skid Row, it was an outbreak of typhus. I mean, it, it it's classified as outbreak. Pasadena, we've had about fifteen cases. Long Beach, not not as many, but but still a number significant enough um, to, to to draw concern and. Um, you know, when I drive through Skid Row, and I do, um, I, it makes my stomach turn. It is there are third world countries that would not even recognize what's going on down there. It is absolutely, um, you know, you've got predators down there. You can always tell the first of the month because you have the dealers and all coming down, picking up people's EBT benefit cards and um, using, you know, the money off of those, selling drugs. Um, it's become um, an area of lawlessness. And I'm all about compassion. I, I am all about compassion. But I think compassion is also recognizing that we have an, a moral and ethical obligation to get these people off the streets. So Bob and I have compassion for our patients, but we're, we're kicking their ass all the time. 
right? I mean, I, said it, I said it 10, 15 <laughs> years ago once they closed the big, cool, I always call it the General Hospital, the County USC that you did residency yeah, in, yeah, right? Yeah. When they closed that building, I said, perfect, let's retool it as a homeless shelter and a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. We're Los Angeles. We can do anything yeah. because that's that's it, the most yeah. beautiful building in Los Angeles. It just sits there now. Well, no, they use it for administrative stuff. Yeah, but well, the five and, and, floors and understand, of it. I mean, to Supervisor Hilda Solis's credit, she is looking at repurposing that. Uh, you know, the, the problem is going to be, and I, I know you're going to have a guest on from Venice. Um, you know, when I go out, people say, uh, we want you to fix this problem. And then when you begin to try to address um, supportive housing, which includes, you know, mental health and, and uh, you know, uh, substance abuse services, people are saying, wait, wait, I don't want it here. But the reality is, I don't know about Venice, but I do know in my district, um, a lot of those individuals have family or connections to the areas where they're sleeping. Sure. Um, not all, but most. And, um, you know, our goal is to, um, at least with the typhus, is to go out there and give them a choice. We're going to have all the supportive services, showers and all, but we're going to clean up these areas because it is now becoming a public health crisis. The, oh, it has it's an emergency. It's, a, it's, it's an emergency. It has been it's a, for it, years. Listen, the really. only reason humans can congregate in cities is sanitation. And we've allowed that to completely unravel, and there will be infectious disease outbreaks. I've been predicting typhus for six months, so now here are the typhus. The next thing will be epidemic typhus, which is a lice-borne thing, goes human to human. We haven't seen that in this country since the Civil War, but we will see it soon if we don't do something. Well, what Catherine's bringing up is, how are we going to solve this problem together? So you have, I'm wondering, who represents the Skid Row District? Is it... uh, what it's is that? Is Mark Ridley one? Thomas. Mark Ridley Thomas, for the most part, I think, right? Okay. Herb? Yes. So I'm wondering what those people who bought those two and a half million dollar lofts think of the lack of sanitation, people urinating in their doorways and between defecating between their cars. What is and which is traditionally, let's face it, a very liberal, progressive population that lives in those expensive lofts downtown. What do they think should be done about this? What is they? What have they, they been voicing to politicians? Right? Well, you know, I don't represent the area. I do know that it got a lot of attention because what we're finding, and actually, the day this all hit, um, there's a mentally, there's a an individual who lives on the corner of Temple and uh, Grand, and I was so frustrated and angry. I went out with my staff and I was talking to him, and I know enough to know when to back off, and um, and when he said "get out of my face," he meant "get out of my face." They become very violent very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what's more concerned the people living down there is the amount of violence uh, taking place uh, regarding some some of the homeless individuals. Not every day, but that's a, that's a real concern well, for the individuals course, that are living down there. You, you put when people stay on meth longer, they get more violent. That's bottom line. So you're, if you the meth has been in there for a while, and so you're necessarily going to see more violence. The old term "speed kills" from the seventies. I talked to the guys that created that aphorism, and they said, "Oh no, no, we didn't mean to say that." That speed kills the person. Kills, kills person. other people. People on speed kill. That's yeah. what they mean. And speed is the drug of violence. And so that's where a lot of that. Comes and it's from. the most inexpensive drug. Yeah, it's around all. Best well, you know, I, and I'd be curious to get Herb. I went out um, Herb's take on this. I went out to UCLA and was talking to, to them, and, and I, it was really refreshing because I've always said, if we don't get to what the root cause of the increase is, we're never gonna, we're never going to get ahead of this. And I really do believe between AB one hundred nine, Prop forty seven and AB 57, which are all public safety, and then Prop 47 really decriminalized the use of drug use. I think it's created the perfect storm. Yeah. And we are enabling we are enabling individuals who have really done their time, 
are out of prison, um, we're enabling them to get back in trouble because we are putting laws, that, we're, we're throwing out laws that actually provided consequences for bad, bad behavior. Yeah, drug court and things like that. So, so we're in a mess, but I'm always, you know, I've tried to radicalize the center. Like as I've grown older, I've become more conservative like most people do. So I understand the left. I understand your activist and your and your yeah, liberal. but they're but they're making. I understand a, the left, but they're demanding things that are hurt, killing people and endangering. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to see it like that. I can guarantee you. People I know languishing them. on the street, languishing on the street, and then endangering, no, that's rich people's problem. And according then endang- to progressives, right. and then endangering <laughs> the entire population. I'm just telling you, your argument against their argument is what we've been doing for ten years, and it's not working. So we have. A, a Somebody here, Catherine and and Herb, you've been you've been fighting the good fight down there for decades, right? What do well, you we guys- do? And you know, we look at uh, homelessness one life at a time. We do homelessness differently, perhaps. But I will tell you, from the people that have been homeless and come and talk to me about the issue, part of it is we allow behaviors to occur on the street that we wouldn't allow elsewhere. And they say, we, when we were on the street, whatever you allowed us to do, that's what we're going to do. Sure. And there's got to be some attempt to say enough is enough on behalf of the individuals on the street, not always looking at them as victims. Many of them are, but many of them are not. And I think the ones causing the most trouble uh, are sometimes the ones who are there to take advantage of others. They're the drug dealers, etc., the pimps. And all the behavior that goes on with that, uh, we've got to help some of these people, rescue some of these people from the streets. And that's what the LA Mission does and many other organizations downtown as well. It is not, however, a simple one-size-fits-all simple solution. It's not simply housing. It's not simply a, a service. It's addressing all of the above. But housing is, at the end of the road, the biggest issue and the biggest driver of homelessness. Okay, well, so homelessness, argue, do your argument, Drew. But wait you just said it. Okay, but but all those people with chronic mental illness, they won't come to the housing. They're, there isn't housing for them, no, not they, long-term housing. But, no, I understand that's a problem. But if you had it so, – so you're saying – okay, I, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that we have to have that and we have to have the other services. Yes, you absolutely have to have an integration. Well, it has to be an integration of thought and leadership. That's what I I keep thinking. And I'm I'm hard-pressed to find people that don't want to just argue and blame the other side. I mean, that's the kind of society we've become. Well, no, Catherine's been out there just trying to stop this, just do do something good. She's shown leadership and she's... I'm I'm not saying her. I'm saying how our politics... You attacked my friend Eric Garcetti. He's my friend. I I helped him get on his first city council. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. You just criticized him and said... I criticized him. Yeah. So I wanted to be held accountable for harming people. He, you're, that's like so mean. He's harming people. He, that, you know what I mean? That's if that's I, the if politic I, we have. If I made that's the your decision. opinion you know that I, he's I harming people. I'll say this: that that they were sued. The city was sued. They're sued. And um and so uh, well, because uh, the guy you know, who they, hates they felt they were taking civil liberties. And so I I believe that Mayor Garcetti is looking to address this. And Herb, I, I think from what I've heard, he is reaching out to a lot of the um, businesses down in Skid Row to try to address this. Because it's impacting quality of life. It's endangering them. This is a this is a public health crisis, and if we don't approach yeah. it as that, we we yeah. are really we are really 
Bob, mm-hmm. as a physician, if I made decisions that harmed people, I would be held accountable. And I'm telling you, this is a public health crisis, and people that aren't dealing with it with the urgency that it requires are harming people, period. Listen, so you want – I understand what you're saying, and, and follow me. What Herb is saying is what he and I are dealing with every day. Long-term housing is the is – the, where are these people going to go? Okay. okay, we clean up the streets. Get get Garcetti to call sanitation. Clean up all the streets. Yeah. Get all the people in the, the lockdown facilities. No, not lockdown. Do what – that's what you have to do with this, the psychotics and mentally ill people. Well, if they're that you're going to have to. They need to be in lockdown. Then we got a different problem. But 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 we do. I, you do have those temporary housing units, right? Are they being used properly? Temporary well, housing you know what, units. You, Herb, you remember when we had the uh, the single occupancy residence down on Skid Row that got pushed out for all the lots? Yeah. Um, you could you could buy a room, and this is what I'm pushing now is. We're building all these 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 uh, you know apartments that are costing us four hundred thousand dollars an apartment, kitchen, bath, and all that. I argue we need to get back to the SRO model, which is a common room with a toilet and then common living areas, and start building them. You can build them for a lot less than four hundred thousand dollars a unit. Right, I would agree. And many of the people who come to us, particularly the men, the veterans, prefer almost that uh, dormitory lifestyle. They don't know how to function in many of them in an individual living unit, particularly those that have been on the street for years. I, I jokingly say they don't even know how to use a microwave. They put the aluminum foil in and turn it on. Right. That That's some of the individuals we work with every day. And to the people who just became homeless because they couldn't afford the rent last month. So would you say uh, the typical individual that you're talking about needs about nine months in your program? Isn't your program nine months? We do a 12-month program. Not everybody needs 12. Um, Many of them do, but we have four phases. And what we do is try to address the critical need and the felt need of the individual when they come to us, whether it's work, whether it's education. We do GEDs. We uh, work with them in career, job development. We're a holistic approach, an emotional, spiritual health approach as well. uh, To say, But our goal is not to put people in GR, not to put them in SROs, uh, or, or Section 8 vouchers even. It's to help them become independent to the extent that they can. And then we backfill with those other government services that are available and they should be entitled to. But, but to Herb's um, point, I want to say to Herb's point. So, so here's, what, here's what we're arguing here, which is that we need a place. And that place should be much like the mission, provide acute services, psychiatric services, spiritual services, vocational rehabilitation, nursing services, medical and physician services. And and then some sort of transition to a lower level of care, right? Mm-hmm. Can you can you think of other places? The names of places that fit that description? There's, uh, there's dozens of. Them. Okay, but what would that place? What would all of you? Yeah, they're the, called, all the missions. Correct. They're called Los Encinas Hospital. Right. They're called psychiatric hospitals. Right. And for some reason, because that's like, oh no, not that. We, we're going to have to call them. We're going to have to. Call I think them. it's more than just liberals saying, oh, not that. I don't think no. And and Catherine brought this up. Nobody wants to pay for that. That's very uh, we, costly. Well, you know what? You're going to pay. You're either going to – if you go to our jails, we're all paying <laughs> yeah. for it right now. Right. Yeah. They're all in our jails. That's right. And, and, you know, if you think they're coming out better when they, than when they went in, 
Um, as much as I would love to say we're providing top of the care, I did. You know, we are <laughs> we are bleeding. And, and George, there are other states that have models where you can push them into mental health services, and they they do do a lot better. Catherine, I know you've got to go, gotta so go. I'm, I'm going to let you go. We're going to keep her, but the last things you want to say about what what's your plan? Yeah, what's, what's you know, I, I want to say this, and Herb, you know, I I, I appreciate the work you do. Oh, um, faith based um, homeless programs. Uh, you know, if you look at Door of Hope and Pasadena and all. We know they work. I'm working to try to secure um, the money. The money because right now there is a roadblock as it relates to faith based getting any um, county money. Uh, I brought in a motion with police regarding foster youth so we can really use more faith based agencies to address um, homes. We're going to do the same with the homeless because you are and have been an incredible partner doing truly things that the county. Um, you know, is so grateful for, and I know I personally am. So I want to thank you for yep. your work and see how we can work with you. Yep, that's great. Well, thank you to you and the other supervisors, Phil Ansel, who's leading the charge on this. I'm just happy to be part of the community and and trying to make a difference. Uh, yeah. And, and all right. So stay tuned. And, we'll, we'll all be in touch again. And okay? Hold on, and Bob, I want mm-hmm. you to I want you to have a relationship with Catherine because she is. You asked for leadership. She is leading. And thank you, Catherine. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, when uh, Herb has got a, a fundraiser this Thursday, October 25th, the Beverly Hilton Hotel, 6 p.m., it's the Help, Hope, and Opportunity 8th Annual Legacy of Vision Gala. So if you want to support the L.A. Mission, which is and which has been doing God's work for a long time, you want to be a part of the solution, please, there's a place you can come and, and you support And Thanksgiving them. and Christmas coming up, which they always do, a great service downtown. Herb, could you tell us where you can donate if you can't make it to the event? Yes, um, we'd love to have you do that. You can go to lovelove18.givesmart.com is the website. Or you can always go and find out more about the Los Angeles Mission at thelosangelesmission.org. Let, let me ask this question this way, and I, and I mean this purely as a thought experiment. If we were to deal with the homeless problem effectively by using your model, how many of your models would we need to reproduce? How many of your units would we need to reproduce to be able to actually handle the population at large? Like five more, four more? You know what I'm asking? Uh, that's an interesting question. I know yeah. what you're asking. Well, you know, there's 53,000 people that are homeless in L.A. I would say probably a third uh, or maybe a half of them would benefit specifically from our model, intensive model. Many of the others um, would benefit. We, we've actually added a bridge housing program, a uh, break-it-to-make-it program for anti-recidivism, uh, individuals coming out of prison that need a first uh, start, a new start. We actually are really pleased to say we have one 4.0 student at L.A. Community College cool. getting his drug and alcohol certification, Great. going back to Arizona to his uh, reservation as a drug and alcohol counselor. Great. So those are the kinds of things that we say, this is a person you would have you know, kicked on the street or spit at or maybe thrown a diamond of a cup. And now he's a, an upstanding citizen. So yeah. we don't believe that people are endlessly homeless. No. Or so let's be, uh, let's be optimistic. Not. So that's the half. And and but, so but what do you second. do when? No, but the psychotic people are the people that that we're talking about. Well, the drug addicts they the can't go to the mission, and there's no place for them to go. Right? right. Isn't that and there's correct? probably fifteen to twenty percent of that total okay. that need intensive mental health. We do have uh, a new state program uh, that is available for housing, for mental health and housing. 
trying to get some of the highest util- utilizers of public services but, into housing. But those are the guys that and are I think we, those are the ones utilizing public service. So we're talking about twenty thousand people on the streets who are dangerously psychotic. Here's I'm going to bring in Rick Swinger. Uh, Rick, you're from Venice, and you've had to deal with this particular population, which is actually the majority in Venice, right? Is Rick there? Rick, hello. Hmm. So, Herb, are you saying about twenty percent of the fifty-three thousand are the severely mentally ill, or on a continuum? I'd say they have mental ill issues. I wouldn't say they were the severest. Of, that's probably more like under ten percent, really. Okay, okay. So, population. still, we're down to five five thousand people, but, five thousand psychotic people the, on the streets of L.A. every night. I'm but, trying to get yes, the problems. Sift. I hate ho- calling it a homeless problem. Yeah. It's not a homeless problem. It's a mental health problem. It's a mental health problem yeah, and addiction problem. Now, yeah. the half that you're good at dealing with, Herb, they're just plain old garden variety alcoholics and drug addicts who've had a difficult, traumatic, back and forth relationship with life. I believe I was part of that population. I was homeless for two years. I went to the L.A. County Jail for 43 days. I came out and I turned my life around. So that part of the population, I think, has been consistently chooses to be homeless or couch surf and go from motel to motel because they just want to get high. Yeah. Once they get into a supportive, once something happens in them, they shift. They yep. shift, yep. and they get exposed to someone like Herb yeah. or me, the twelve-step community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will change. Right. Yes, yes. The other half. Yeah. Now, now let's divide up. The other half. We're saying. 10% of that other half, 5,000, are the psychotic and mentally ill. The one okay. I described and, by and, my house and, who ended up stabbing the girl from CSI. I called the police and talked to them three times about him. Correct. And right? those are the ones that are endangering themselves and the entire population so it's 5, of LA 000. County. That's a lot of psychotic people on the streets and, and, of LA and, every and, night. And the rats outnumber them 50 to 1. So Yes. So then the the other part of the population that I think we're talking about are veterans and and trauma survivors and elderly. Uh, it's a tragedy. Those people, it seems to me, the government and the city of Los Angeles and the county of L.A. and the state of California and the United States of America owe those people housing, medical care, mental health that's benefits, SRO, and food. That's the SRO idea. Yes. The, so the, well, I so think now, they owe them the chance to achieve housing. I don't think they permanently owe them housing if they're able to, uh, with education and training and health, get back on their feet. Right. They should. Right, uh, right. I think but, they're, the but they're entitled to benefits. I, I agree with They're her. entitled to benefits. And I think a lot of times when I've had one of those, that population, they're in their 60s, they're vets. They are drug addicted. They're, they have a sad luck story about their life they had before in Torrance. Those types <laughs> of guys, and they have PTSD severely, yeah, yeah. and their drug of choice usually right. is stimulants. Well. When you get one of them in your lap, you know, as a chemical dependency counselor like me, I'm a little, I'm outgunned here. There's so many problems of which I don't even know how to address. Well, one of them is neurological if they've been doing meth for a while. It's crack. It used to be. Right? Used to be now. Crack. It's bad. But but I used to send them to the drop-in center in Westwood at the VA building, sure. and a lot of them turned their lives around. Sure. So it's a matter of connecting yeah. the dots for that population. Well, it's the warm too. handoff. That warm handoff is everything. It's that that you got. Well, them. I always say that homelessness is a series of broken relationships. Yes. And if you address it from that perspective, whether it's mental health, physical health, spiritual, governmental, education, employment housing with the landlord, there's something went wrong. And when we look at that at the mission, we say, what are the problems that this person is dealing with that we need to help put them back on track? 
Um, and many of them come from, you know, bad education. We give GEDs. We're working on that all the time because people went through the system. They were socially promoted just to, you know, mm-hmm. nice, keep going. You're mm-hmm. old enough. Mm-hmm. And then they get out. They can't read the, the job application. They can't even fill out their time card for crying out loud. Right. And uh, the society has failed them, mm-hmm. I think, in help, holding them accountable to learn and also giving the skill sets to be able to be successful. I'm just mostly interested in talking about the population that we call the homeless, because I want people to understand yeah. that is a, not the right term for this. Yeah, yeah. So you have the mentally ill, the psychotically mentally ill. You have the drug addicted, yeah. and those, those people that kind of choose that way and of you have life. The, and you have, you the, have the fragile and elderly and former vets with PTSD. And right? you have the down on your luck. And, and you, you have, have sort of people that have, have had a bad turn. So let's look at it from a different angle, Herb. How many of the of the population would you say are are former have formerly been imprisoned? Herb, that's a uh, uh, yes. I'm trying to. <laughs> I don't know the number of of the fifty three thousand homeless. Yeah. I know that the people who come to us probably about seventy percent of them have Look been at incarcerated that. at some point. How much? Seventy percent. So, so, so now the, you're that, looking at the, the criminal justice system. So they're convicted felons. They, nobody will employ them because they're convicted felons. Correct? I mean, right. the, that, that's a big stigma. Well, is this, should they still be in prison, some of these people? Or, or? Some of them should. Yeah. So is that Prop 57, <laughs> Prop 47? Or that's that, another show altogether. That's another show. Well, what percentage should still be in prison? <laughs> I, it's hard to... It depends. It depends on the you know the people you call real criminals, and yeah. I say a lot of yeah. own rehabs at this uh, point. Yes, um, Drew has this sociopathy idea about criminality that there are people that fall into crime, and then there's people that are just genetically predisposed well, to crime. There, there are really like hardcore <laughs> criminals, and they're not really treatable. They're not treatable, and I, I kind of know them when no, I no, they come get sober them. and then they start rehabs. I've seen it. Uh, that's sociopath. <laughs> But that, so, that's a requisite yeah. to be a criminal. So, so, but I do believe that a lot of the population I've dealt with in the last 10 to 15 years have drug convictions that really marked them, Herb, to be unemployable the rest of their life. And now they're in their 50s. They've been in and out of prison and they're unemployable when they're out of prison. So they just use their time out on the streets to get high and go down to Skid Row and find a gal and, and run around for six months or a year until they get caught and go back to prison. And a lot of them call going back to prison, going back home. Yes, I know that. But on the other hand, there's another group that, that they have no option. When they come to us, they realize there's something better and we do help them work through that, those broken relationships right. that I've talked about. Yeah, yeah. And they it, maybe it's love. drug and That's alcohol addiction, you... maybe it's a predisposition addiction to crime. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we work with them to get their records taken care of and expunged where it's appropriate. Okay. Um, and try to get them employable and give them the skills to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I, believe, so, I believe that that's, a, that, that's possible in a large number of the cases. Now, I agree. The, the emergency, the public health emergency is in the psychotic group. That's an emergency yeah. right now. They're going to be dead. There's going to be more infectious disease, and it's going to endanger the entire population of Southern California. Right. I'm telling you. It already does on a certain level. Well, we're having a typhus outbreak, which I've been predicting for six months. We're in it. Pasadena, officially epidemic proportion, officially. And it, I'm telling you, it's going to be followed with more and more serious and more contagious problems because humans congregated in one place with no sanitation 
you've heard of the plagues in the 15th right. century. That's how that happened. And so that will happen again. We are in it now. So that's an emergency. Then that's a mental health emergency. It's not a homeless emergency, right? And unless we deal with it as such and help these people what, by what we've done so far, expanding conservatorship, what, doing what Catherine wants to do with expanding gravely disabled, and we can then go help them and have – you know. But unless you get the other side on board, you're just going to have a bunch of lawsuits and you know that. The ACLU is going to sue every conservatorship that they put onto the record. This is going to be settled in the courts, and you can't. We have to have a bipartisan agreement on what so to what do, do about our city. What are you recommending? You need to go to the, the to the left and say, wh- how, "What are your solutions, and can we come together?" But nobody's leader enough to do that. That's uh, what I'm saying. I don't L- think Eric is for sure. I'm not saying he is. London Breed, but somebody Breed, needs to a, lead. London. Br- well, Catherine is doing it, and other of the – we'll break in a second. And other, <laughs> and, and other of the – and other of the – listen, and other of the uh, county supervisors, they've been, they've been leading. And, they still and, can't get the and, trash cleaned up on this one street in downtown L.A. Because it's of, uninhabitable. Because of the city, and the leader of the city is a fearful of getting uh, something against his presidential bid, but that's okay. London Breed in San Francisco – has been very active and very, and she gets un, her legs cut out from under her by people who I think personally, again, should be held accountable for harming people. You make decisions that harm people, you should be held accountable. I am. I am. You would be. Why aren't they? That's all I'm saying. Then this will all stop well, and then the, we'll be able the to help people. The way you hold politicians accountable is you vote them out. We have, we're in a crisis. And believe me, when, well, when, when epidemic typhus starts rampaging across the land, well, then something will happen. Then something will happen. But how many people are going to be harmed in the meantime? We have to take a little break. We'll be right back. <laughs> With Rick Sing- Swinger. <laughs> okay. One of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. And this led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using undetected and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect, a DNA-verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genitox Labs, can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. Additionally, ToxProtect screens for synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genitox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com slash toxprotect. That is drdrew.com slash toxprotect. 
Well, you know how I love our friends at Hydrolyte. Uh, look, even if you're training indoors, dehydration is a real issue. Amateurs, pros, we all have it. Water and sports drinks do not do enough for rehydration. I strongly suggest you stay ahead of your hydration with Hydrolyte. Best way to stay hydrated was the proper balance of glucose, sodium, and water. And Hydrolyte does this better than anything else out there, I'm telling you. Everyone swears by it. Everyone in the training community, it, it just does it better and does it without as much calories. And it does it faster. And, uh, you know, whether it's rehydration, uh, recovery from exercise or illness, whatever it is, I've been recommending it to family, friends, uh, patients, other physicians. It comes in great flavors like orange berry and lemonade and is available as a premixed drink, powder, or my personal preference, the effervescent tablets. You simply drop in a glass of water. Certainly, the Pinsky family does not leave home without them, literally. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. The solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. So you can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or at Hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. And for a limited time, our listeners save 30% on Hydrolyte. Just click the banner on the website at drdrew.com. Use the code drdrew18 at checkout. That's Hydrolyte.com slash drdrew, and use the checkout code drdrew18. There you go. We are back. We have Very passionate break we just had. I know. We have Herb Smith, CEO of Los Angeles Mission, who is doing literally doing God's work. Every and day. I, and every day and has for years. And we thank him. And again, the fundraiser is Help, Hope, and Opportunity. Thursday. It's Thursday. And the website, again, to, if you would like to give. L-O-V-E, right? But, uh, That's it. 18 dot give smart. Oh, I like that. Just remember, and we're going to honor Dr. Drew. Smart. We're excited about that. Yeah, as I'm well. going to go do a little help with them on awesome. something. So. And we were able to tab the Venice. Yeah, we've got Rick. We got Rick. So Rick, you Rick, there? Are you there? Hello. Oh How's my everybody gosh, doing today? Hey, Rick. And so you've had you've had difficulty in Venice, where the the psychotic homeless individuals, which we've been talking about as a as a immediate crisis, has been really a critical oh, sure. issue. Rick, what happened? Yes, Rick? It sure is. It. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. It's Bob and Drew. Oh, hello. Yes, it's a serious problem here, all right. Uh, you know, I've been attacked myself, and uh, my neighbors have. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, this. Uh, I went down to the ta- uh, town hall meeting, and I talked with Eric Garcetti, and, uh, you know, about my website here, Stop Illegal Dumping in Venice Beach, which I started two and a half years ago because I noticed a cesspool that was right next to a playground with no uh, warning signs. And, uh, we have a dysfunctional, uh, well, a government right now, and they're just mm-hmm. not doing very much here to help the pollution and whatnot. And, uh, the mental cases are all over and they need help. And there's, uh, no help, uh, available for them right now, unfortunately. And, uh, this MTA lot that they're going to make into a big campsite is, uh, just going to worsen the problem. Well, if they give them the proper services, it won't, Rick. The problem is they don't want them, and we can't urge it, and so that's the issue. Rick, can you tell me? I want to know. I want to know a little bit about the about the landscape of Venice. I don't really understand it. So, right near the Ten Freeway, there is that great homeless shelter that's within the city of Santa Monica. I believe it's a great, all supportive kind of mental health counseling, licensed social workers food every day. Do you know the building I'm talking about that's right near 4th Street and the 10 Freeway? Yes. So so it seems like the services are there that are so great, but yet there's this outbreak of violence and homelessness three miles away south uh, in Venice. What is that? Why is that? Why is that well, happening? Well, because 
because they're allowed to camp on the sidewalks and uh, and by residents, and uh, that's what they prefer to do. They do not want to go into shelters. Uh, I took a look, they, a demonstration there at the town hall, and they have all these cubicles, okay, with maybe 50 people in these uh, boxes. And I got to tell you, uh, mental health is the number one problem that we're facing in, in the United States. And we, if we don't fix that, we're not going to fix anything, including the homeless population, okay? Because these guys are slept derived. And if you go in there, you're going to have somebody snoring. You're going to have somebody crying. You're going to have somebody uh, throwing up. And uh, it's not conducive to sleep. And everybody will go crazy if you don't That's sleep, okay? And and it, and it's true. And I've I've had uh, mental problems myself. I have had insomnia, and I had I couldn't sleep for six weeks. And I was walking around talking to myself with the rest of them. Yeah. So uh, you know, I just want to say, if you have a mental illness out there, that uh, you know, it it it, it will get better, okay? Oh sure. You've got to get treatment. That's the point. That's the point. And yeah, and you have to get treatment, and it will get better. And a lot of times. You have so much anxiety. You cannot stay in a shelter. You you have to you know you have to stay separated. Uh, and and one thing about these tents, they separate you from other people. But unfortunately, there isn't a place to put these tents. Uh, and uh, and they put them on the sidewalk next to residents. Of course, now we're facing them, and we we're not uh, we're you know we're not doctors ourselves. We don't know how to you know handle the situation. And then we get in violent confrontations. And then the trash that uh, they throw around here. It goes down our storm drains and pollutes our beach, and we have rats like you wouldn't believe. we got a public mm-hmm. storage with all these uh, 1,800 storage units without any recycling uh, uh, centers. And this is where the LEPD wants to put the homeless is right by this storage that has a, pump, a dumping problem. So all this stuff gets dumped on the homeless next to our storm drains. they got rats, and they, the homeless feed the rats, so they're all domesticated like they're, they're uh, pets. And oh uh, it's God. very scary. Like crazy, yeah. And the rats carry disease. Yeah, so the rats have disease yeah. in this part of the world. Lots of it, everybody. Not, exactly. I don't, I don't and I've been rats. like I've been talking about this for two and a half years on my uh, stop illegal dumping in Venice Beach. That's the reason why I started this. I fund it myself, and I'm you know it's pollutions and solutions. And uh, what we're trying to do is bring awareness to this right now. So I, when I talked to Eric uh, on Wednesday, the first thing I said is you want to make the you want to help the homeless and the residents at the same time with a very simple thing that will help both of them. He said yes, and I said I want you to put immediately rat-proof trash cans around here because yeah. this isn't going to be solved overnight, brother. Yeah, that's right. You need to deal with the rat and, problem first. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Rick, because that's the part that's going to endanger yeah. the entire population. What happens, Rick, if you call the police? Say somebody's in a tent outside your front door on the Venice Boardwalk. If you call the police, what do the police do? What do LAPD do? Well, it depends on the time because, you know, they're all strangled with this Jones settlement, you know. And I said, well, what time is it? Well, if it's after 9 p.m. and before 6 a.m., well, you know, they can have their tent there. and, uh, and oh But they have God. to bury <laughs> it down <laughs> at 6 a.m. And, and uh, of course, they don't do that. And uh, so, but they're not usually right in front of but your wait house. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I'm you. in Malibu a lot, right? I work in Malibu. They don't allow tents on the Malibu beach. How's that, Drew? How's that? On the streets, they do. No, no. He's talking about on the boardwalk of Venice. You're That's the, the beach. You're talking about the streets or the beach, right? He's talking about the beach. You're talking well, about the well, sidewalk by the beach, right? 
I'm talking about both. Right now, uh, they are on the sand at the beach. Sand at the beach. If you beach. prefer the sand at the beach, you can go there for free camping. Or you can come down to the sidewalk. You but know, they don't and allow camping here. just 10 miles north in Malibu where all the wealthy people live. How? Yeah. What law is up there that is not in the city of Venice? Because I guarantee Joe you, you try, to, okay, you try to sleep a in a tent. City. If you try to sleep on a tent in the beach of Point Doom, you will be arrested and taken to jail. So listen or to you the will... settlement of Venice City. Okay, now. what happened? Rick? Well, okay, the, here's the thing. The, 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 LA, uh, the LAPD ran over uh, accidentally somebody that was oh, on the beach. And, okay. So, uh, you know, they lost their vehicles and... Uh, and there was this time period where they're waiting to get these uh, ATV types that would be much better suited for the sand, and you won't run over too many more people. Mm. And uh, you'll be able to, you know, oh to, to knock on these guys' doors and say, hey, listen, man, you're on the beach. This is a park. Okay, this is park and recreation, guys. you got to move over, you know, closer to Rick's house. Right. Go to the sidewalks. So, so hold on. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go back to Herb. So, Herb, here, here's what you know, is so disturbing to me as a physician. If somebody was lying on the street, foaming in the mouth or short of breath and having chest pain, they would get taken to the hospital. With with or without their will. Correct. Right. We have the same thing going on all over this town as it pertains to brain disorders. And we have decided yeah. to treat those differently. And and I think – Because they have rights because and, of and, one flew over the cuckoo's nest made everybody think mental hospitals are the worst place in the world. And, and this is – Right. It's unconscionable. It is, it is immoral. Right. It's killing right. people. It's endangering not just the homeless population or languishing on the streets but the entire general population who will eventually get the, the rat-borne infectious disease outbreaks. It will. Uh-huh. It has to happen. It's the nature of biology. And we have a uh-huh. government that's sitting by and watching that happen. I don't – I can't imagine. It, it, I want people held accountable just the way I would be if I hurt people. And I think it's the only oh, way. It's, it's the only but way it's going to change. But I think also we need to understand the individuals on the street. Uh, and, and you're a doctor; you would understand trauma issues, cumulative yeah. trauma. Yeah. We've been working actually at the mission with Headington Institute, trying to address um, better services with respect to the idea of cumulative trauma yep. versus the blunt force trauma. What's going on in the brain? Yep. How can we better serve the individuals who come to us? Whether they come into our program or they come in for guest services. What are these issues? And I think as a community, we still don't fully understand it. We talk about housing and we say if we put up too many houses, all the homeless people are going to come and you have this vision of 50 people with shopping carts and a bunch of black plastic bags moving next door. That is that is not the typical no. uh, person who is experiencing homelessness. Yeah. And so we've got to have a, a civil dialogue I agree on both sides to address how do we legitimately help people who cannot help themselves and then hold accountable the people who do for their actions, just like I do my kids yeah. and you perhaps would, would do yours. Oh, so. So perhaps. Sheesh. But the, the and po- my patients. The and po- I held my patients but accountable. The population yeah. has been there. I, I've, been, I've been doing benefit shows for the homeless in Los Angeles for 22 years, Drew. Yeah. So the fact we that do. it – so it's gone over conservative and, and Democrat and liberal mm-hmm. and, and back and forth and back and forth. And everybody just keeps handing the ball as Correct. the problem grows and grows and grows. Now all of a sudden – it's this mayor that needs to go to jail for it. I don't understand to, that I, kind it, of it's, it's thing. A, it is a crisis. I hope your kids are well when we go through it. 
There's no reason you to threaten will, my kids because you, you don't like different. Eric Garcetti. I like Eric Garcetti. Actually, I do. <laughs> well, I ju- I just Eric this Garcetti is, needs to take a history and biology class, same way with exactly. my council and Mike no, Bonner. You, you know what, it, Rick? <laughs> okay. That is exactly the, my right. point. That is a precisely my point, that biology mandates this. History teaches us this, mm-hmm. and explain it, the biology again. The, the, I, don't, you didn't, the, I walked out, but you didn't mention that. It, yet. Look, in we have reservoirs of flea-borne illnesses that are that the reservoirs on the rodents, the rats. We've now massively, massively expanded the rodent population because we've allowed sanitation to break down. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a sanitation yep. breakdown problem before. We have people languishing; they're suffering. Yep. We chose to ignore that. Great. And now we've allowed sanitation to break down, which is the which is the breakdown of civilization. That's mm-hmm. what that is. And uh-huh. the rodent populations have massively overpopulated. With them come fleas. With them comes disease. I, I knew uh-huh. typhus would be the first because that's one of our reservoirs. No, the, the other thing that that Chrissy got was the first the the. From touching norovirus. Poo. Yeah, norovirus. 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 Hepatitis A. Well, because no, norovirus is vol- <laughs> you volatilized. You touch poo. You touch poo and no. then you get sick. No, you don't touch it. You breathe it. It's volatilized. <laughs> it's volatilized <laughs> off and the poo. Let's not, I have personally experienced that, Susan. Yeah, well, killing Yosemite. Right. And so plague, plague appears in Southern California once in a while. And something like that, whether it's epidemic typhus or it's one of our other rodent born vector pathogens. It's like Mexico. W- William, uh-huh. No. No, no other country on earth has this. Oh. Every other country yeah, deals with this. We, we, we are the only city that has allowed its sanitation and civilization to break down, mm-hmm. and we are pretending it's not happening. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to sound the alarm. Well, I know and in a the lot meantime, of the too. first the first to go are going to be the homeless. They're going to get hit the hardest, right? Because they're mm-hmm. they are at ground zero. With Isn't this. that what everybody wants, though? I mean, that's uh, the way it seems. Uh, well, I hope no, because that's these, unconscionable. No, no, no. I know, that's but that's the way it seems. Well, you know? uh, and so to care of itself. and so the fact that as a physician, I'm seeing this unfold. And I, if I said to you, Bob, if you drive fast or you through there, you're going to kill somebody. You drive fast anyway and do it. You're going to be held accountable right. with, with with consciousness of pre you know with what do they call it when you know what's going to happen and you do it you do it anyway. I, I've been sounding the alarm for months and months and months, and we're continuing to do so, and nothing is changing. And so there's going to be, and now we have the typhus, and soon we'll have something else. Catherine has shown some leadership. Herb is down there fighting the good fight. But unless we help these poor people that who their brain diseases prevent them from doing getting well prevents them from getting well if we don't have some way of exerting that and cleaning up the rodent situation and the tra- and the sanitation problem. So right. Venice is much what smaller. What about the needles? There's so all these needles. Yeah, but needles are an but issue. Her, but there, but, there's uh, no vector. Hang on. But Susan, there's no vector to needles. You understand? Needles are piled up where the homeless are. Up, yeah. But rats are – how many – what's happening in our house? I know. We have rats everywhere. Okay. Every community. Every you are that. so right, Dr. Drew. And not only the rats. We also have to pay a close attention to mosquitoes because that's also – Well, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. But there, but there are vec- – the point is there are vectors in Southern California that will spread these things. Mm-hmm. And it, they are profound. <laughs> They're epidemics. Well, and we are letting this happen. easy to get rid of? 
Rats? Yeah. Impossible. No. Who is it? Yeah, it is. You could, my my father-in-law is doing it very well in Bob? his backyard right now. Bob? Susan, how dead, is it? I, two dead rats I got last weekend. I had to scoop it up with a rake. Susan, how many rats per day Bob? are we finding? We have at least one or two a day in our house. A, well, we, a day. We finally were able to poison them on the outside of the house, but I think now they're a coming, day. crawling into the We've wall never had them before. One or two a day. day. We went to the beer and we saw rats inside the school. And the reason why the rats were inside the VNC meeting is because we have no maintenance over there on the sidewalks. These trees are lifting up the cement sidewalks and making perfect nests uh, mm-hmm. for rats. We have a because lot of the only predator of rats right now are cats, and they can't get in there. We can't have so, cats. So, uh, you know, I mentioned that well, on, cats, on my blog. The ca- and they, right. right before the meeting, they and, were able to be, And work be careful, Rick, because the cats also carry the, the fleas. fleas that carry the typhus. <laughs> and, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's well, very difficult. Yeah, so... so so it's complicated, but but how bizarre. I don't think it's that complicated. When I started noticing the trash in Skid Row, it was about two years ago, I thought they just need to get a tractor down here like they used to when I lived here in 1983. I lived on Fifth and Wall in 1983. Mm. They used to just come by with a big, huge tractor and just push all the homeless tents and all the trash down <laughs> the street. Then they had a big <laughs> truck, and then they just lifted it up in, and then they had these... Uh, they back then they just put these rat pellet things yeah. all the way down the street, yeah. and then there was yeah. dead rats Ninth in the and street. Wall. I remember for, I used to live down there yeah. too, or I actually work down there. Remember that, Susan Ninth and Wall at oh, California yes. Peril News. Oh, yes. But listen, and, but, uh, but here's the deal: how, how bizarre is it that in 2013, yeah. in a major urban environment where people are languishing on the streets, that we're having this conversation? But why can't they and do no that one anymore? Is, I agree there's with you, some, Drew. You're absolutely some, right. I was go- I was at the Philippines. I was donating because I'm retired now. And I was going to donate some time over there to the Philippines because they have a pollution problem over there. And then one day I looked through my window. I said, oh, my God, this looks like third world conditions here. And then all of a sudden I realized it is third world. In fact, you know, Mexico has cleaner beaches than we do here. Okay. So because humans try to go to the bathroom in a place Okay. So let's calm down. We've all had our spin. We need the old-fashioned let's, solution and let the cards fall where they may. Well, and I believe the cards are twofold. They're political cards for liberal politicians, and they are legal folds from the ACLU and other so, do-gooder groups that are going to sue so, the city okay. yeah. for, so tra- for, so for doing the trash the so tractors Orange down County, the road. Orange County did that on the Santa Ana River. Right, bed. and they, they're probably going to be sued till the cows and, come and, home. And they're helping people now. Those people are getting help. They're in temporary housing. They're no, you help. know, no, 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 no. Which, I live in Orange County. You know where they congregate? And you're scared to walk with your children in Laguna Beach. They congregate that population of homeless right by the lifeguard station. We're going to see Jason next weekend. He can tell you is frightening. They're on meth. They're violent. They fight in front with each other in front of me and my children. Mm-hmm. So they just migrated to different parts of Southern California, of the, of of Orange did. County. That, that is true. Yeah, and and Laguna is perfect because it has the interesting thing has a conservative population, and a liberal politic. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to pay taxes, but they don't want to do anything about the homeless population. I guarantee. <laughs> To you, Laguna will become like Venice is within the next year unless somebody takes action. So again, the only guy that's actually fighting the good fight 
is is Herb. Herb. So so we need to support Herb. Yes. That that is the that is an immediate immediate now. solution. <laughs> an immediate solution. I'm giving him money yeah. next we, we week. We all send money. Fund. We need to fund the health department vector. Okay, they're highly underfunded. Yeah. There's very few people that are actually going out there and inspecting for rat infestations. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a big city. Yeah, There's a lot of warehouses. There's a lot of rats. Yeah. And if we don't get more people in there. Uh, inspectors on this, we're just going to have a worse and worse problem. Well, the CDC could help us. I've sent a number of uh, inquisition inquiries into them. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to get some federal a- attention because when the actual big outbreak occurs, the CDC, trust me, will be involved then so they can pay us now or pay us later. Uh, but mm-hmm. are, are we about... Uh, How about the EPA? Yes, I didn't think about the EPA, but I think you're right. The EPA might be a Is there still too. an EPA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Good one. <laughs> I hope so. Well, so, so if we learn nothing else here, support support the LA Mission. Because, I think Bob and Rick the, could be friends. But I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But, but LA Mission <laughs> is actually doing the work. That's actually what needs to be done. As I'll go back to that yep. question I asked a few a few minutes ago, feels like a few hours ago, <laughs> which was if we could <laughs> if we could reproduce the LA Mission five times, we yes. would be on our way. We need the we'd Venice be on Mission our way. Yep. and the Laguna Mission. I, yep. I have another. Mission, a county USC hospital, well, a mental health and addiction facility <sighs> for the entire city of Los Angeles. We need a new name. And, and you I need agree. this conservatorship that, that, that Representative Catherine was yep. talking about. You get conserved, you get sent there. 90-day conservatorship. Give Great. me 90 days with these yeah. people when they're not psychotic, yeah. when they're not on drugs, and I'll bet you I can make a difference with you, them. I bet you're right. And the ones that are not drug addicts that need medication, give please, dear God, give us the ability to help these poor people please we're yes. begging mental we are, illness we are is begging the, That's the our number government. one that- think about that i'm a physician begging my government to let me help these people think how sick that is there's wow. a, that's another disgusting. group that's of the population bad. that's, that's suing the government that's saying let these people be free yeah so and they're the ones that i'm begging begging to allow us to help so so here we are uh, in the meantime uh, we need a new name for psychiatric hospital. We need a very creative new world, new Camp aging homeless. name. Camp homeless. Camp homeless. Camp psych. I don't know something. Uh, in the meantime, Bob's house. Let's give- go. But also, also, <laughs> I, I, like I want to tell everybody I had success with Terminex. They come every day to my house. I pay five hundred dollars a year. Is a commercial? And no, I, I'm telling you, I have this guy named Chris. He shows up with a bucket and he and he takes the rats out of my house every day. There, he, he's marvelous. But, but, but the problem is, every weekend. Everybody has to do and that. I Everybody has medication to flee on my med their animals. You're right. Everyone's got to do we this. We all have to do that. Yeah, we all. Do you How's like your coyote, by the way? Coyotes are bad, and raccoons are bad. We're not trying to kill them off, but also if you have those in your yard, you should be worried about it. Well, just to get the flea. Because the fleas come no, off. No, you know animals. what my father-in-law did? Here's a little pointer. He put it inside his air conditioner unit where he knew the rats can get in there, but cats, dogs, raccoons right. can't get in there, and they're just dying like rats no, out yeah. in the yard every day. Well, we finally did that because I didn't want him like, to go in the put house it somewhere that other animals they can't have... get, oh, but no. the rats get there. No, Bob, it's cool. It's like a little. It's like a plastic container with little holes on the side and only the rats can get in right. and I, we're, we're and no, I did a great we, we, we gotta get rid of the finally. rats people but we, Terminex is good and I'm, we, I'm very we are, proud we have gone completely <laughs> I love my rat guy <laughs> I love my rat rail. guy Rick, that's what Goody. a complicated <laughs> problem yeah. gets I'm gonna you can we get back to the bugs yeah I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Rick Rick we're gonna let you go I thank you for fighting the good fight Rick thank you Rick I want to give Herb Herb last words Herb last words, please, because get get us sane again, Herb, please. 
Oh, well, I, yes, thank you. The Los Angeles Mission and so many others exist to help uh, the homeless, whether they're mentally ill, whether they're drug addicted, whether whatever it is that's caused their, their situations. We do homeless differently. Uh, back to the issue of the typhus outbreak, one of the things we do at the mission is a bug check for individuals who come in stay with us every mm-hmm. night. That's and cool. sometimes we get criticized mm-hmm. for that because it can be a little per, uh, personal but it protects, uh, it takes care of the safety of all the individuals staying in our facility. And Herb, and Herb not uh, only that, the, the next thing is going to be a lice-borne illness. That's what's next. Oh God, That's next on the list. And so you're taking we care of that as saving their lives. We have to take lives. care of the ladies and yes. gentlemen with lice. I can tell you saving they do their that lives. every day, and uh, they're, they're taking care of our community. Yes. So. Lice at Elvis's school. Yeah. That's kids. It's a little different. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a little different. It's a little different. <laughs> Babies uh, have You're yeah. making me paranoid, Drew. I don't, I don't want to. I want to take a shower. Yeah. Am I hallucinating? Am I just a weird altered state? <laughs> this is, is the is world that, of Doctor Drew. Have I entered I just, some? I just alt- come into it once a week. I think I've entered some parallel universe. <laughs> but there's one sane person here. It is Herb, and I will see him. I will see him on Thursday. All right, Herb. Absolutely, right, looking forward I'll to it. And in the meantime, right. let's build those relationships that are broken the with those individuals on that, the street in all, any way that we can. It is all about that. Is the warm handoff? It's it's. Uh, Mitch Englander put up showers. It took fourteen contacts an hour on average just to get one homeless in a shower, wow. and he was willing to put in the time to make those relationships. We all have to do that. Thanks, Herb. We'll see you again. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you guys. so much. We'll see you next time. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Sync One I Do By Myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho at his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Derry W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.